Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to episode two of the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. I am so happy that you've decided to spend time with me here and hopefully you have taken the time to subscribe to the podcast so you can hear all of the latest episodes as soon as they go live. So as promised, this episode will get deeper into my postpartum mental health struggles. I'm not even really sure where to begin. (laughs) So if you listened to episode one, you will know that the first week or two, I felt like I was kicking ass at motherhood. I honestly have dealt with depression and some anxiety my whole life. And just about a year or two before getting pregnant, I actually got on medication. I literally waited my entire life. So that said, right before I got pregnant is the best I have ever felt in my entire life. So I honestly, I kept thinking, okay, there's no way I am going to get postpartum depression or any form of it because I'm so good now and I'm on medication, you know, I have a therapist, everything is great. There's no way. Well, like I said, I got sucker punched in the face because despite having been on daily um, depression medication, I still got depressed. So I now know that if you already suffer from depression or anxiety, you're a lot more likely to also suffer from postpartum depression or any form of perinatal mental health. So that doesn't that does not mean everyone will suffer from this, but I think your likelihood is a lot higher. So silly me just didn't see it coming. Um, I think my husband actually was the first to notice that maybe things are a little bit off, you know, in all of the like birthing classes, you know, the breastfeeding classes before we gave birth, they would touch on the baby blues and kind of what to look for and to be mindful that if after the two week mark, you're still feeling some sort of way that you might be suffering from any form of perinatal mental health. So yeah, I think my husband was the first to notice that things were off. Um, and he said something to me and then I kind of realized like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess maybe how I'm feeling isn't normal. But as a first time mom, you know, there's this hormonal nosedive, if you will. And especially if it's your first time as a mom, that hormonal shift is not something you're used to and you really have no idea what it's supposed to feel like. Like you don't know, is this normal? Is this how I'm supposed to feel? Am I supposed to be crying every day? Like, is this normal? Um, And especially being, like I said, one of the first of my friends to be pregnant and have a baby, I didn't have a lot of people to really talk to and compare my journey to, to see, you know, maybe what's normal, what's not normal. And everyone's journey is completely different. So there really is no normal. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't realize at first how much I was actually struggling. So one of the things that was really hard for me postpartum was when my son was a newborn and he was crying, I could not calm him down. I, it made me feel like such a failure. So I said that to my husband over and over again. I kept using that F word, not F-U-C-K, but failure. I kept saying, I'm just failing at this. I am not meant to be a mom. You know, I just, I'm not cut out for this. And then you have your own internal thoughts that you don't even want to voice. Things like, wow, why why did I become a mom? Like, why did I think this was a good idea? I'm just not meant to do this. Like, my baby deserves more. Why? Like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? And those thoughts, I think, are very natural, but we don't want to say them out loud, right? And then even just thinking them to ourselves, it starts that initial spiral of mom guilt, I think. You know, it's like, oh my God, why did I even just think that? Like, how could I think that? Like, I love my baby, but I'm just not good at this. (laughs) So um, I feel like that's where mom guilt started for me, just to have some of these negative thoughts about motherhood. Um, And again, those thoughts really had nothing to do with my baby. Like I said in my trailer, there are so many layers to motherhood, many of which have nothing to do with the love for your child, but just sort of that like identity shift and, you know, like I'm so good at my career and then suddenly you're on maternity leave and your new job is motherhood and you're brand new to it. You have no clue what you're doing. The baby books you read where you thought you were prepared really did not prepare you. I think especially if you're in like a fragile mental state. So yeah, I just felt like such a failure. Um, when I couldn't calm my son, but my husband could, I would feel like a failure. Like clearly I'm not meant for this. I did realize, you know, I think babies are kind of like dogs in the sense, not that they smell fear, but maybe anxiety. Like they're very empathetic, I guess, if that makes sense to our feelings and they can kind of pick up on our feelings. So I think that because my husband was just always calm and cool and collected My son would feel calm in his arms and I think he could sense my frantic anxiety and distress (laughs) and so yeah, it like, it rubbed off on him and he would cry in my arms. So yeah, that made me feel like an absolute failure. Um, I was so upset about my postpartum body. I mean, I am not... A heavy person like I am you know I'm 5'9 I'm fairly tall things are stretched out so even if I gain a few pounds you can't really tell but having always struggled with body image because I just have to say this it doesn't matter how thin you are you can still have body image issues so yeah just to see myself in the mirror I did not recognize myself my body I was so frustrated with the extra weight and how my belly just felt like jello. Again, that was another thing I would cry about every single day. I would just tell my husband how much I hated my body, hated how I looked, and 
the moment I got cleared at five and a half weeks at the OB, I immediately went home and worked out. I was working out like two hours a day. I had so much like, I don't know if it was necessarily mom rage, like that side of maternal mental health, but I had a lot of moments where I would just feel so angry, like angry at myself for sucking at this or just like angry because my son would be crying and I couldn't calm him, angry about how I felt in my body, that I would go out into our mudroom, which is where I would work out and just like blast some music and I mean I remember there were a few times where I would just like punch at the like soft mat on the floor like the workout mat because I was just so pissed off at myself for being such a fucking failure at motherhood like I don't know how else to say it so yeah those were you know that was month one and two of motherhood and that's kind of when I realized, okay, yeah, maybe um, maybe this isn't exactly quote-unquote normal. Like, maybe I have fallen into the category of the one in five or one in eight, whatever the statistic is of moms that experience um, postpartum mental health struggles. So, thankfully, I had a psychiatrist already and a relationship with a therapist so it was very easy to schedule an appointment to um, change up my medicine, get on a different antidepressant and a daily anxiety medication. And then I would also have like talk therapy sessions with my therapist who already knows my entire past. So having that in place was really helpful. I will say if you don't already have that in place, I highly recommend towards the end of your pregnancy to schedule an appointment with a therapist and schedule it for like three or four weeks postpartum because God forbid you go through what I went through and what so many women go through. I just want you to know and be prepared that it can take over a month to get in as a new patient at a therapist's office or any sort of like therapy clinic. So I just always want um, expecting moms to be aware of that because you may think you're going to be fine the way that I did and then you also get sucker punched in the face and don't see it coming and you're desperate to get help, you're desperate to talk to someone or get on medication or whatever other resources you know you want to apply to help you And then it's so discouraging to be in such a dark place and be told, I'm sorry, like you have to wait a month, a month and a half to be seen. I mean, that again is another punch in the face because it's like, hello, here I am being so vulnerable, like reaching out for help and there's no one here to help me. So we're going to get into how shitty the postpartum support in this country is in a later episode. I don't, I can't cover all of that in one episode, but our system is very broken. The resources are so limited. If you do need to go to therapy or see a psychiatrist, you're paying up the ass for copays or medications or therapy sessions. There are just not enough resources. So, you know, thankfully I, 
I'm in a place where I had the financial means to go to weekly therapy and see my psychiatrist, but I just, I don't know how the new moms that don't have the financial means to get the proper resources and help, how they navigate this massive upheaval of a transition into motherhood, especially when they're struggling with their mental health. So yeah, I mean, all I can say is new motherhood is hard. It did not come naturally to me at all, but there is hope, you know, as the weeks and months go by, you know, things do um, come a little bit easier as you get the hang of motherhood and you start to better understand your baby. Um, So just don't be discouraged if you're currently going through some form of maternal mental health struggles because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Just make sure you reach out for help. Um, You can reach out to me. Postpartum Support International is a really great resource. You can just reach out to them and they will connect you with a support coordinator in your area that can help you find local support groups or Um, a therapist or psychiatrist in your area. I'm actually a support coordinator in North Carolina where I live um, because it was so important to me once I was on the other side of it to give back to the women that are currently in the thick of it. So definitely recommend if you are struggling, please, please, please get help. I will put some additional resources in the show notes um, so that you can easily access those. But yeah, I mean, the smallest things would make me feel like a failure. Like, if I couldn't get my baby to burp, which I think we all know the importance of your baby burping when they're still little, especially my son had reflux, so it was really important to keep him upright and for him to get that burp out. If it took more than two or three minutes and I couldn't, like, get him to burp, I would be so frustrated. And my husband because of COVID, was working from home during my entire maternity leave. So I would literally just walk into his office and be like, here you go, you take him, you do it. Again, because I felt like such a failure. And then I felt like a shitty mom for giving up so quickly and handing him over to my husband for him to do it. So yeah, there were a lot of moments like that where, um, thank God, my husband, it's like, Parenthood came so much easier and more naturally to him. So I am just so grateful. I had such a loving, supportive husband there to help me navigate what I was going through. And it's just if you have someone that you can talk to, like whether it's your partner, you know, a close friend, family member, or a therapist, just having someone to talk to is so helpful. I will say though, at the same time, I feel like, as bad as this sounds, I feel like there was, maybe that was the start where some of the resentment started building towards my husband. I didn't even realize it at the time, but I think just some resentment about like, wow, this comes so much easier to you, you know, like how unfair. (laughs) Um, Or like your body didn't change, your life is a lot more the same compared to mine because I'm going through this hormonal nosedive and I'm in this like postpartum shithole, like deep in the trenches, like having to work to dig my way out of it. And here you are just kind of, 
getting to enjoy the newborn phase, which granted, looking back, he also doesn't look at it so fondly because of what I was going through. But yeah, I mean, it just came easier to him. We will cover marriage after baby in future podcasts, but I think that is maybe where some of the resentment started to build. And he's at no fault to that. In fact, he was a saint for, you know, how much he did and stepped in and what a strong like 50-50 partner he was and I almost feel like he took on more in those first couple of months than I did just because I was in such a dark place. So yeah, I also really struggled with breastfeeding. Like I said in the last episode, I thought it came really naturally to me the first few days and then I started to experience something called DEMER which we can get deeper into on another episode and really cover breastfeeding in detail. But it is, it stands for dysmorphic. Um, oh my gosh, what does it stand for? Dysmorphic. Um, okay, I had to pause the recording so I could Google it so I don't sound like an idiot. Dysmorphic milk ejection reflex. I probably would have said dysmorphic ejaculation <laughs> reflex, so I'm glad I Googled it. Um, but basically, what it is, is in order for your milk to let down, um, you release a hormone called prolactin, and in order to do so, if I remember this correctly, um, your dopamine levels plummet, and it's just for like a few seconds to like a minute or two, but it can be really, really intense for some women. Um, this is something that is just now starting to be studied more. Um, so we're, I guess like the medical community is just now really putting out more information about it. And it's probably a lot more common than they currently are saying. I think when I was postpartum, I read like 10% of women have this, but I'm sure the rate is much higher than that, especially as they start to understand more and publish more about it. Um, but basically, and, and perhaps you struggled with this, who knows? So basically it is a physiological response to that like quick, sudden, rapid hormonal shift. Um, and so some of the common, um, side effects and symptoms, like for me, the way I can explain it, it felt like a deep, like pit in my stomach, kind of like a really intense homesick feeling, if that makes any sense. Um, and it only lasts, you know, like I said, a minute or two as your milk is letting down, but you add that up times like seven or eight times that you're breastfeeding or pumping in a day. And if you already have a very fragile mental health state that obviously can wear on you and it did for me. So, um, it can also lead to symptoms of like anger, which uh, towards the end for me, I would just feel anger when I was pumping or breastfeeding. Um, I didn't feel that like loving connection to my baby, um, especially when I was pumping. I feel like I felt it worse while pumping. So yeah, basically I like Googled it and I was like, oh wow, like this is a thing. Okay. And I was like, I do not want to feel this way one single other time. So even though I knew it was not the safest thing to do to stop breastfeeding cold turkey, I stopped cold turkey. I 
called my mother-in-law because she was about to come over and I said, please go to the store and buy me a cabbage. And she was like, just one cabbage. Like, that's all you need. Um, I was like, yeah, like I Googled, I have to stuff my, uh, the tightest sports bra I can find or two or three sports bras and stuff it with cabbage leaves. And I took a bunch of Sudafed because it like dries you up, just dries up your insides basically. (laughs) Um, which is why they don't recommend, um, breastfeeding women to take Sudafed because it can, um, kind of dry up your milk. So. Um, what I'm telling you is not medically like recommended. Um, you're supposed to talk to like a lactation consultant, your OB or your pediatrician before you stop breastfeeding. And it is supposed to be a weaning process. (laughs) So, um, going cold Turkey is not recommended because you are very likely to get mastitis or clogged ducts. So even though I knew that those were the risks, I felt so shitty with the physiological response to Deemer and my already very fragile mental state that I quit cold turkey. I truly did not care if I was about to have mastitis, which having never had mastitis, probably I would not have enjoyed having that. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, thankfully I did not have mastitis or clogged ducts, but my breastfeeding journey came to an end at about three, three and a half weeks postpartum. I felt a crap ton of guilt around it. I felt super emotional. Like I just knew I had to stop, but at the same time, you know, it came with a grieving process, Be- uh, you know, just because I, I did feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to lose this bond that I have with my son because I'm not breastfeeding anymore. So there were a lot of tears around that. But at the end of the day, after about a week or two, I was really relieved that I stopped because for me personally, it just made everything better because I didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night to pump anymore. You know, my husband could take more night shifts and, and bottle feed formula. So Yeah, like at the end of the day, I'm glad that I stopped when I did, but, you know, again, please don't do what I did. Please wean the way you're supposed to um, and speak to your doctor or do your own research. So, yeah, so my breastfeeding journey came to an an end quickly. Um, I also experienced a lot of intrusive thoughts, which, again, probably deserves its own hour-long podcast episode, but so many awful intrusive thoughts, so many things that I felt that I never even like verbalized to my husband or to anyone else. Um, I don't even think I would share these things with my therapist because they're just such dark thoughts and it's like you would never, you would never act on any of these thoughts, but just to have them is terrifying Um, so yeah. So if you have experienced intrusive thoughts, I am so sorry. I know how hard that is. I would have thoughts about tripping down the stairs. And like at the time we lived in a ranch, one story house, like there were no stairs, but I I mean, I don't know, like this sounds really graphic, but I would constantly worry that 
someone, either me or someone else, would just, like, drop my baby accidentally, and I just, like, would visualize his, like, entire body just splattering all over the floor. So, I'm sorry if that was very triggering, but just very negative, dark thoughts like that, um, that just, again, kind of rob you of that newborn bliss. So, yeah, like, all in all, I feel like I was robbed of newborn life and just my entire experience is what like started the thought process of my husband and I deciding that we are one and done. Um, you know, as, as the months and the years kind of went by, my son is a little over two now. We have kind of come up with other reasons why we feel like we are one and done. Um, Again, again, another topic that we will get into in a later podcast. I guess this um, episode kind of gives you a glimpse into different topics that I will be covering. Um, But yeah, like our family feels really complete and we're just very happy with just our son. But yeah, initially just the entire postpartum newborn experience was what really kind of kicked off our thought process to never wanting to go through this again. So yeah, I wish I could just have a redo on newborn life and those early postpartum days with the confidence and the energy and the headspace that I'm in today. Um, Postpartum is not a fun time. It's not something I look back on fondly. Um, But I just, if you're currently in the trenches, I just want you to know that it does get better and with time, like you will find the joy in motherhood. Um, every season has its difficult moments, but every season has its beautiful moments. And yeah, like I feel confident as a mom now, and it just took me a little bit of time to get to this place. But I hope that these last two episodes kind of gave you a glimpse into my journey and transition into motherhood. And I'm just so excited to continue to share with you. Um, I'm hoping this podcast will be a weekly thing and I will also have some different um, other people that I will bring on an interview, um, just different people in the mom space that are making a difference and that um, I think we can have some really great conversations with and, you know, provide different resources and things for you guys. So, I am so excited to continue this podcast and again, thank you for being here and I hope you enjoyed this little glimpse of my transition into motherhood. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.